Colossians, amen, chapter 3, amen, we're going to be looking at verses, amen, 12 through 17, if you have it, please say amen, I'm going to ask you to stand, amen, I'm going to go ahead and read this, amen, Colossians chapter 3, amen, 12 through 17, amen, and the word of God says, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even, at Christ, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love. Somebody say love. Which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Mm -hmm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Hallelujah. I want to spend a little time, amen, talking with you, amen, about the image of the believer. The image of the believer. What the believer looks like. Turn to somebody and just ask them, do you look like Jesus? Hallelujah. The image of the believer. When we read Colossians chapter 3, specifically, amen, verses 12 through 17, they give you the outline it gives you, amen, the reflection of what we are supposed to be. It talks about those things, amen, that are supposed to separate us from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it makes us better than them, but there should be a difference, the Bible says, between those that believe and those that don't. So when they see us, they ought to see Christ. Because Christ was different. I mean, on the outside, he looked like most people might look. He had arms, he had legs, he had hair. Amen. He wore clothing. Amen. He ate food and drank water. Hallelujah. Had a mom and a dad. Amen. He looked like, but there was something different about him that was on the inside. And what was on the inside, he literally began to magnify himself on the outside, and everybody began to say there's something different about him. So what he began to look like to them was different than anything they had ever seen before. The believer ought to have an appearance resembles the appearance of Christ. That's why the Bible says, amen, Christians are supposed to be Christ-like. We're not exactly like him, but we have the outline. 
Because, see, he is now a spiritual being. He was the son of God. And we're the children of God. We have been grafted in, amen. But we are not quite exactly like him because, see, the Bible says he was a man that knew no sin. Anybody here absent of sin? See, there's a difference in us. But yet we still should have the outline. We should still bear the image. So somebody should still be able to look at us and, and see that there's something quite different, <coughs> a little different, about them, about you, about her, about him. But the difference ought not be the clothing that we wear. It ought not be the style of car that we drive. It ought not be the magnitude of our bank account. It ought not be, amen, the house that we live in or, 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 or the acquaintances, the, you know, the hookups that we... It, it, it should not be those things that everybody can... Those things, but there ought to be something about us on the inside that causes a reflection that comes to the outside that causes people to say there's something different about them. The only way this change can begin to manifest is if we first accept Jesus. And in accepting Jesus, we, we claim this thing, we we're given this thing that the Bible calls salvation. But understand that salvation is not, and I'll emphasize, is not a matter of improvement or perfection. Salvation doesn't mean, oh man, I'm much better than you. Salvation does not mean, amen, hallelujah, that, you know, I'm perfect on my way there and you're not quite there. It does not mean that. But what it means, amen, salvation means that there has been a total, somebody say total with me, total transformation from the inside out. That's a good place to say thank you, Jesus. New Testament, amen. I was just reading from Paul, I was writing the church of Colossians. Man, and he was speaking, amen, about the believers having two minds. New thought pattern, amen. New will and a, a new heart, a new inheritance and a new relationship. Mm -hmm. A new thing, amen. He was talking about, amen, having new power and new knowledge and new wisdom and new perception, new understanding, new righteousness, new love, new desire, new citizenship, and new allegiance. See, before Jesus, we was aligned with a whole lot of folks and a whole lot of stuff. That's right. That's right. But in Christ Jesus, uh -huh. our allegiance changed, our, 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 our attitudes changed, and because our attitude changed, all these things, our knowledge, our wisdom, our perception, our understanding, all those things changed along with it. Yeah. It can be summed up there, man. I've been doing a lot of reading in Romans. Hallelujah. But it can be summed up, amen, in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, amen. And it just simply says there, the newness of life. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, amen, it's called the new birth. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. New creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Said 
telling you, church, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. Don't you understand, amen, that, that God is trying to tell us, amen, that because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not only are you not who you used to be, but God is trying to perfect us into who he has called us to be. Mm -hmm. That's why we go through the things we go through, not because God has denied us, not because God does not love us, but because God is trying to perfect us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we found out even this morning that even when God was not the instigator, but he allowed some difficult things to happen in our life, God says, I'll turn those things around for you good. Because he's trying to perfect us. That we might become the image of the living God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you understand, amen, that if Jesus had not went through the trials and the tribulations, we would have full right to say, well, Lord, Jesus didn't go through it, so why should I? But the Bible says he spared not his own son, even unto death. <laughs> that he might be the firstborn of many raised from the dead. But in his raising from the dead, he gave us the ability to be perfected and changed to be like him. Because understand, if Jesus had never raised from the dead, if he had never went through what he went through, remember, without those stripes, amen, we couldn't be healed. Without the shedding of his blood, we could not be saved. Without his obedience, we wouldn't be here today. He had to go through what he had to go through in order for us to get through what we're going through. Come on, somebody. But at the end of the day, it's all about God perfecting us, shaping us into the image of the Most High God. What is the image of the believer? Hallelujah. Well, let's look at the scriptures. I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as I can, as the Lord would allow. But the first thing he says, amen, verse 14, he says, amen, love is the bond of perfection. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The first thing about, amen, the believer, amen, is that we ought to have some love. Not for some. Not for me, you, and just us few. Not the ones that have got the same bloodline I got. Not the same ones that got the same skin color I got. Not the ones that man to go to the church I go to or come from where I come from. But we should have love for everybody. Says, but, but, but I don't love everybody. Aren't you glad God ain't done with you yet? Scripture says, above all. When I was doing my little research, amen, I found out, amen, that, and I didn't know this until I did research, that above could be translated as upon. Paul was talking about all the qualities that are mentioned in verses 12 and 13, amen, and, and is encouraging the believers to put on, over all these things, amen, love. 
upon, put love upon it, amen. Apply love to it, amen. Well, I don't like her, put love on it, hallelujah. I don't like the way they talk about me, put love on it. Well, I don't like what they say, put love on it. I don't like the way they treat me at my job. Put love on it. But God, my husband, put love on it. My wife, put love. My children, oh, my finest, put love on it. God is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talking about taking on the image of Christ. Talking about having the image of the belief. What it looks like. The first thing the scripture tells us that it ought to look like love. No matter else what's going on, no matter else what's happening, it ought to have some love attached to it. Because the devil don't love nobody. Don't love nothing. The, I don't even think the devil loved himself. Because the Bible says, don't you don't love in him. So I don't even think he can love himself. We're going to be the children of God. And amen. We're going to have the image of Christ. Amen. We're going to be, you know, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Amen. Then the first evidence of that, amen, is that there ought to be some love flowing through us. See, without love, amen, we can't really mold this thing the way it's supposed to be molded. See, love is like the initial pimp. So. The love begins to draw the outline. See, if we don't have the love outline, amen, if we don't have the love working in us, man, we can be all over the place. But the love keeps us in check. See, love won't let you say what you want to say. Love won't let you do what your mind say you want to do. Love won't let you act any old kind of way. Come on now. Paul says, amen, that in all these things, and I didn't read verses 12 and 13, but he says in all these things, amen, hallelujah, he says, put upon them, above all else, love. He says love will be the one thing that will hold all these things together. See, ooh, glory. I got to give you an example out of my own life. Hallelujah. My marriage, amen. I didn't know this when we started out. I found out, amen, after I gave my life to Christ, amen, understanding what marriage was. Marriage is not, amen, two people looking at each other and saying, oh, oh, I love you. Amen, don't she look good, man? She just one fine thing. Oh, isn't it? That ain't love. In a lot of places, we just call that love. But I found out, without even knowing, I was finding out. It wasn't until we began, God began to open the door and we began to have marriage seminars and teaching on marriage and things, that God began to reveal some stuff to me. One of the things I found out, amen, about marriage, amen, is that marriage is not based on love. Not based on love. Marriage is based on commitment. Marriage is based on endurance. Marriage is based on forgiveness. Right. Sounds like love, don't it? Wow. Mm -hmm. See, until you learn to forgive, until you learn to endure together the trials and tribulations of life, until you learn to forgive one another for the things that you're going to do to one another and say to one another that you maybe really meant when you said it, but deep down you didn't mean to say it, but it came out. Amen. Until you learn to overcome all those things and still look at her and say, baby, I love you. And I'm sorry. Your marriage will never make it. 
tell you to do that, you'll be ready to say, well, I'm going back to my mama's house. I'm going back to my dad. Well, today, that folks don't want to do that. I'm just going to leave. Boy, I can go down another road on that one, but I'm going to leave that alone. Love will be the one thing that holds all these other things together. Paul, amen, has given us an example of love is if it was like clothing. Put a poem. See, you, you, you got to make a decision to love. I had to make a decision what I was going to wear today. You had to make a decision what you're going to wear today. So you had to go get something and put it on. Y'all ain't with me yet. Y'all going to get there. Y'all going to get there. And so our love that's supposed to permeate through us, amen, comes because of our relationship with Jesus. See, you think you love, but without Jesus, it ain't love. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it love if you want to. But until you went through the trials and tribulations of Christ, it ain't love. There's some well long-lived relationships. Husband and wives, I'm thinking about. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. They didn't love each other. They endured each other. You say, well, what's the difference? See, your endurance together, and all those other things I mentioned, brings the love. What I'm talking about is that people felt like I'm just stuck here. So I'm just going to endure it. I'm just going to deal with it until he's dead or, or she's dead, and then I'm, I'm, I'm free of it. That's not love. Lord, I want to jump to that scripture, but I ain't, I ain't there yet. I'm like, I ain't there yet. He didn't say that. I'm talking to me. He ain't talking to me. I'm talking to me. That's why I said, Lord, I want to jump to that scripture. Paul is simply saying, amen, that if we begin to look at the believer, the first evidence of the believer, begin to try to get this picture of them is love. Amen. After that, amen, he goes to verse number 15. And he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Mm -hmm. So you got love, now you got to be a peacemaker. You got love, but do you have peace? Real love cannot exist. Because love will bring peace. Because love will quench the fiery darts of anger. Love will quench the fiery darts of bitterness. Love will quench the fiery farts of I'm going to do to you what you did to me. And so love will bring peace. Mm -hmm. The Greek word for peace, amen, conveys two thoughts. Mm -hmm. One of agreement. And one of attitude. Right. Agreement. Right. You have to agree to have the right attitude. All right. that's good. That's good. I know I'm preaching better than you sounding <laughs> off. But that's all right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just want to say this. See, for a long time, I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I, I want to be able to speak your word the way that I know 
you've called me to speak the word. You see, it's like when you're giving a speech and you mess up. Don't nobody know you messed up but you. Right? Unless you give it away. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> right, first lady. And, 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 and so what I'm saying, amen, is that I've preached sometimes, and I've said to myself, Lord, okay, they received it that way, but I didn't receive it like that. So I said, Lord, I want to make sure I'm in tune with you. I want to make sure I'm speaking with you, say, speak. Not a good ideal, not a pastor ideal, not a bishop ideal, not a, a, a Brother Miller ideal, but, but, but a God word. God is slowly allowing me to get back to that place. That's what I'm tickled about. But the word peace conveys an attitude, amen, hallelujah, and an agree. Mm-hmm. You have to agree to have the attitude that you want to be a peacemaker. Romans 5 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, how does that fit in? Therefore, being justified by faith. You have to make a decision whether or not you believe God or not. You have to do that. I have to do that. Because I take the attitude, amen, that I'm going to believe. Therefore, amen, if I believe it, then I can receive it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Because I accepted the gift of salvation from Jesus Christ, from God, I'm at peace with God. You're at peace with God. Because remember, the Bible says, amen, those that have not accepted Jesus are at war with God. Mm-hmm. Conflict between the believer, you and I, and God is over. Now we have peace. See, real peace does not begin until you've got peace with God. You, 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 can't, you, you can't convey even the, the, the spirit of peace in your home. Conflict in the home, conflict on the job, until you got peace with God. Mm-hmm. See, that's like going into, going into a war scenario and saying that, well, I'm, I'm going to make a peace treaty, you know, with, 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 with this little enemy here, and this little enemy there, this enemy there, and, and, and you got good intention, that's what you're doing. But you haven't dealt with the big, big boy, the big daddy. And even though you call yourself making a little peace with them, Big Daddy can still hurt you. Big Daddy's still coming out. He said, I don't care that you made peace over there because I still want what I want. I'm still going to do what I said I'm going to do. What am I saying? Until we make peace with God, all these other treaties we try to make, all these other peace scenarios we try to have in our life, well, and you say, well, what's a peace scenario, Pastor? Well, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to say that no more. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to have that attitude. I'm not going to treat them. None of that stuff ever going to come through until we got peace with God. Because having peace with God, then, then, then that image becomes a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Everybody with me? So, amen. Paul continues, amen, in Colossians, talking about, amen. He says, concerning the Philippians now, Verse 4 and 7 says that the peace of God should do what? Guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. 
So outside of out the Father in Christ, again, our peace is null and void. But when we do have that peace, what's it going to do is going to guard our hearts and minds. In other words, amen, the reason we're going to begin to take on this image of God even more, amen, because now our minds are beginning to get focused on the things of the kingdom. Our hearts are beginning to get focused on the things of the kingdom. Anybody ever seen that commercial they've been running lately about um, a Verizon uh, telephone service? And they got people on the street, they got this big uh, flipboard or whatever, and, 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 and they show them like four or five different images, I guess, uh, you know, signifying AT&T and both T-Mobile and the other uh, companies, amen. But it shows them, and they say, what do you see? And they're looking at the image, and they say, eh, yeah. right? And then when they get to the one in Verizon, you can clearly see there's a map of the United States. But the reason you can clearly see there's a map of the United States because you see the evidence of all the Verizon facilities that are dotted all over the U.S. So there's no doubt. When you, as soon as you look at, oh, that's the U.S., you, you, you see right off who that is, what that is. And the mother ones, they were dot. You know, they, 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 they have some indication. But it's like the scripture says, you know, but denying the power thereof. They, they kind of sounded like Christians. They, 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 they kind of walked like Christians. They, they kind of talked like Christians. They kind of went to Christian places. And, and, and you know, they even kind of preached like Christians and, and even sang like some preachers. But when you really got a good look, you said, well, they don't really look like Jesus. But the image of the true believer. Soon as you look at him, oh, I don't know what something different about her. Something oh, something different about him. Something different about her. Something different about him. Something different about her. Something different about her. I, I, I don't know what it is, but when I look at them, I see something quiet I don't see on everybody else. Hallelujah. Says Amen. That this peace is going to shape our hearts and our minds. Therefore, our thinking is going to change. As my bishop used to say, amen, going to get rid of that stinking thinking. Amen. Because, amen, that, that peace that begin to overtake us, amen, that, that love is overtaking us, amen. Not only does it change our minds, amen, but it begins to change our heart. See how this stuff works together? See, when it changes your heart, not talking about the muscle, talking about changing your mind. Uh-huh. Oh, so if my mind gets changed, which is in my head, that's going to affect the rest of my body. Come on. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So you know that when the world make peace, they, they, they somewhere down the road in downtown, they just break that peace treaty. American government made 32 peace treaties with the American Indians. 32 times the peace treaty got broken. Never once was it broken by the Indian nation. Every time peace treaty was broken, of the U.S. government every single time. It's not my opinion. It's documented in the history book. I emphasize that to say to you, God says, I don't give you peace like the world gives you peace. If I make peace with you, it's a done deal. I'm not going to come back and say, well, you know something? I really don't like the way you've been acting. Come on, come on, come on. That's good. You don't, you, 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 you missed church in the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. You don't really love, that ain't Jesus. 
So we go on, amen. He says, not only, praise God, do we have peace, and not only, amen, do we have to have the love. Amen. He gets down, amen. He says, you got to wrap things up with some stuff called wisdom. See, see, we're talking about the image of the believer. How many of you know that the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man on the earth? Mm -hmm. You know why? As dumb as he was in some instances, the Lord gave me a a sermon series some ways back in man called They Didn't Finish Well. A lot of people miss that, but if you read about Solomon as wise as he was, Uh it doesn't look like the brother made it to heaven, according to the scriptures. And so as wise as he was, he wasn't wise enough to apply the wisdom of God in his own life. Did you hear that? You can be wise all you want, but if you're not wise enough to apply the scriptures to you, Lord, didn't I build churches in your name? Lord, didn't we feed the hungry in your name? Lord, I got, I, I, you know, God, I, I'm the one that got the 25,000 member church. I'm the one that's on TV seven days a week. Lord, don't you know that we're building orphanages over in Africa? Oh. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But was you wise enough to live by what you were telling them? See, if you read Matthew 7, and we kind of hit on that a little bit today, I told you she was out, first lady was all up in my sermon today. If you read through that entire chapter, you'll find out, amen, amen, that the Lord would never disagreed about the good stuff they said they did. He never said, you know something, you healed that, I, you, well, we didn't heal him, but to use a phrase, you healed that, 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 that young man, I don't like you healing him. That woman got delivered of that demonic, I don't like you delivered. God never said that. What it simply says is that, yeah, you did all those. Mm-hmm. I allowed you to do those. I empowered you to do all those things. But knock, knock, you never applied any of that stuff to you. It's one thing to be a microphone. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, amen, be the mouthpiece that something flows through, but unless you become what you say you are, all right, all right. what you're telling everybody else to be. In this case, we're talking about Christianity, talking about being a child of the king. Until you begin to live that, that you proclaim it for everybody else. Look real good. Ooh. Oh. You go to Europe. For those that haven't been to Europe, you go to Europe, they got some of the most beautiful churches I've ever seen. I mean, cathedrals, I mean, they're just, but you go on the inside, they about as dead as dead can be. Empty physically and empty spiritually. they just museums now. they just, what's the word? What's the phrase? They are just uh, 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 shallow or, or empty. Thank you, Lord. Empty. God don't want you to be empty. God don't want you to be you know, a museum. But God wants you to not only sit and preach it, but he wants me and you to live it. Have enough wisdom, amen, to live it. The word Christ, the word of Christ is the word spoken by Christ. Okay? It's the revelation of him. Mm -hmm. That he brought into the world which we have now called our body. See, this is true wisdom right here. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the virtues that have already been taught about and learned throughout the world, throughout history, amen, is because of what's in this Bible. But the problem that the world has is that to apply this every day. See, we, we, we like, you know, those summertime Christians. When they feel good, we used to call them ENC, Eastern Christmas Christians. They only, they only want to be Christians during those time frames. Other times, you know, not so much. Well, what the Lord is saying, amen, is that, is that we got to have enough wisdom to not just want to do it sometimes. Not talk about it sometimes. Not live it sometimes. But 24-7. Mm-hmm. The wisdom of the word of God. Be so much a man than it dwells in us. The wisdom of God, the presence of God, it dwells. See, when you read the Old Testament, you talk about, for example, uh, Samson. Many of the other mighty men and women of the Bible in the, in, in the Old Testament. Many times the, the word of God says that the Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God came upon them and empowered them to do at that time what God intended to do. You notice that when the Spirit of God did not come upon them, they were just ordinary men and women. But not so in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the Bible says, amen, there are about 110 or so folks gathered in this place called the upper room in this little small city called Jerusalem. They just had the audacity to obey God. And they tarried there. Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and tarry for the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and and I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I believe you know it, but it says they begin to hear a sound. And it sounded like rushing wind. And then they begin to see something that looked like clothing fire uh-huh. upon each and every one of them. Yes, yes. And it got so awesome in that place yes. that this presence began to fill not just the people, but every nook and cranny in the room. <laughs> so much so that the Bible says uh, that it got so awesome up in there that folks on the outside, you got to understand it had to be pretty loud because they was having a festival. On the outside. They was having a fest, a fair on the outside because they were celebrating the Passover and folks from all over the kingdom was in Jerusalem. But because of what was happening in that upper room, because people were not, the spirit wasn't coming upon them, but they were being filled the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. folks started saying them, them kind of early in the day when folks would be getting partying so hard and getting drunk. Hallelujah. Peter had to get himself under control and say, we ain't drunk, man. But this is what Joel, the prophet, had already talked about. What am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to tell you that if you're going to be a child of God, when the images that are blind, the man of God and the woman of God with the king of kings and the Lord of lords, amen, is that you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I say it all the time. You might be able to get saved without the Holy Ghost. That's a fact. But I have real doubt that you can stay saved without the Holy Ghost. You got to be filled. 
Because if you're not filled, you gonna, one of these days you're going to fall down and you're not going to get filled. I don't sound real good. We fall down, but we get up. Everybody don't get up. You, you notice that, right? But the true believer in Christ, the one that's really sold out to Jesus, when the devil began to beat one of them down, the son, seated at the right hand of the father, he turns and looks at the father and says, Daddy, they want of mine. That's one of the ones I took the beating for. That's one of the ones that I got my body ripped to shreds for. That's one of the ones, amen, that, that when they spit on me, I didn't say nothing, Lord. Them belong to me. And the Father looks over at the Holy Ghost. And says, Holy Ghost, give them the strength to get back up. Give them the strength to go on. Because I told them, I'll never leave them nor forsake them. But you got to be sold out. You got to have the image of God on your life. Good place to say amen. amen. Told you I'm not going to be before you long. Not going to be before you long. So you got to have the wisdom, the love, and the peace. It surpasses all understanding. You're really going to be a child of the king. See, we can get deep and name about 35,000 other things we can throw in it. But Paul is saying these are the essentials. You, you can get some other things, but, but if you ain't got these and you got all the other ones, you ain't got nothing. And he says, I'm, I'm trying to let you know, you can have everything else, but if you ain't got love, you ain't got nothing. Even my man Dietrich Harris sang a song about that. Without love, you ain't got nothing. That's a prayer for y'all, so first lady singing. I mean, laughing at me. What I'm trying to say to you is if we're going to take on the image of Christ, we the believers are going to have that image. These are the essentials that we need. Essential meaning, amen, without them we cannot exist the way we say we want to exist. See, it's, it's essential that the fish have water. You can, you can call yourself a fish all day, but if you're a fish out of water, you ain't going to last too long. It's essential that the fish have the water. It's essential. Mm-hmm. that you got to have not only air, because everybody thinks, well, well, I just need air. But air is made up of two essential elements. And if you don't have both of those elements, somebody's going to die. How about everybody? So it's essential that the air that we breathe has nitrogen in it. Mm-hmm. Got to have some nitrogen. Nitrogen by itself will kill you. But just a little bit of nitrogen. I can't even figure it out. Well, now I forgot. But the other element, amen. Hydrogen, H. Gives us the right amount, the right 
chemical formula say that we have what we simply call air to breathe. It's these in the same way, in the same way, for the Christian, it's essential that you accept Christ. Now, he didn't list that here, but since he's talking to the church, he didn't feel like he needed to tell the church that you, church, you're going to have Jesus. Because this is one of the churches that he birthed, so he know they already got Jesus. But for those, amen, if Jesus said, you know, that want to play with God's word, you got to have Jesus first. Because without Jesus, no peace, no love, come on, man, no wisdom. So Paul is saying that these are the essentials of the Christian life. These things will shape us and mold us to become that that God has called you and I to be. Stand to your feet. Paul goes on as he begins to close his letter. Or this particular chapter, Paul mentions two specific results of the word of Christ dwelling in the believer. One is positive and one is negative. Found wisdom teaching and admonishing one another. He says teaching is the sharing of truth. Admonishing is the negative side of teaching. It means, in other words, amen, that admonishing means that we are required to warn people of the consequences of their choices and their behavior. Both are the result of a life overflowing with the Word of God. See, if the Word of God is not in us, then we don't have a willingness to share the truth of the gospel with anybody. So when we see people fumbling and stumbling, amen, we don't care. Remember, the Bible says that the word of the law is only there to illuminate us. In other words, to show us what is right and wrong before God. The word had, the, 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 the law had no power to change you. It only had the ability to convict you. But Jesus. Somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus came not to convict us, but to change us. We are changed to be like him. We are changed to be molded like him. We begin to take on the image of the believer, which is the image of the living God. Believers sing out and say, thank you, Jesus. Paul tells us that the believers, amen, true believers, are those who simply say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be. In my will, I do what I want.